0: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. We discuss cutting edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness and good habits. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister of the sage, Elizabeth Kraft, who's my happiness guinea pig and questioner.
1: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretchen makes me happier, even if it's against my will.
0: This week, we'll talk about the one-minute rule as a habit that helps to keep clutter under control, whether you're a satisfacer or a maximizer when making decisions, and how to avoid a common happiness stumbling block.
1: We'll also answer a listener question and reveal our happiness fails and gold stars for the week.
0: We're going to start with a suggestion you can try at home, something small and manageable that will actually make a difference about how you feel each day. And our first try this at home tip is the one minute rule.
1: The one minute rule is exactly what it sounds like. If you have a task that can be done in less than one minute, do it without delay.
0: And this has been so helpful for me because I realize that if I just hang up my coat instead of dumping it on a chair, if I rip open a letter and read it and throw it away, if I answer an email that, you know, is a one-word answer wow. without postponing it, then those little things don't become the scum (laughs) on the surface of life. I mean, a a friend of mine told me that her apartment went from being a total wreck to being quite tidy without much effort. And another friend said his productivity shut up because when he got rid of all those little things, then he felt like he could do the bigger things.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I have to say your one minute rule has actually improved my marriage. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: Because as you know, I'm extremely messy if left to my own devices. I will say in your defense,
0: you're not dirty. You're just messy.
1: Well, thank you for that. (laughs) Whereas Adam, my husband, is very neat. Uh, If you go into his closet, all the shirts are together, you know, all the pants, everything's perfectly arranged. And one of the things that we used to fight about a lot was me being messy. And so once I instituted this one-minute rule, I started putting dishes in the dishwasher. Putting in laundry, changing the laundry, scooping up that huge pile of clothes that accumulates next to my bed yeah. every week, um, and so it has you know relieved some of that tension. Although if you asked him, he would probably say I could do <laughs> much much better. But it, it's something.
0: It's something, and the thing that's nice about it is that it's it's small and it's gradual. Like you don't have to you know, spend the entire weekend cleaning out your closet. You don't have to take like a week of your vacation time to deal with a garage. It's just something that you fit into like the little bits of your day. Like, you know, you've got one minute before you have to head out the door and, you know, you've got your keys in your hand and you're just like, okay, I can just do one thing. And so that stuff gets done without a lot of effort. It just, it's just, it's, it's not hard to work it into your daily routine.
1: Yeah, and I think of each of these things as an accomplishment of the day. Oh, yeah. So it sort of builds up the the number of accomplishments per day.
0: Well, and it's funny because so many people, like whenever I talk to them about happiness, something that's really surprising is how often people say that outer order contributes to inner calm really more than it should. I mean, like, why does having, like, a messy kitchen counter or a messy desk make you feel weighed down or, like, you have no creativity or no energy? But over and over people say when you clear those surfaces and get rid of stuff and put stuff away so you can find it, you get this weird surge of energy and cheer. Like a friend of mine said, I cleaned up my fridge and now I know I can switch careers. And I knew not know exactly what she meant. <laughs> and if that's an illusion, it's a helpful illusion. There's just something about doing that, uh, taking that time that does make people feel like they're more in control.
1: I definitely feel more in control when you come to my house and clean out my closets for me. I will give you that.
0: <laughs> that is my favorite thing to do. I know, um,
1: which is a nice quality in an older sister.
0: Well, let, let us know if you do try this at home and how the one-minute rule works for you.
1: Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft.
0: Connect on the Gretchen Rubin Facebook page or drop us an email. Our
1: email address is podcast at
0: GretchenRubin.com.
1: Great, you know I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day.
0: Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com/happier. That's n o o m.com/happier. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com/happier to start your trial today. Elizabeth, here's a question to help you know yourself better. When it comes to making decisions, are you a maximizer or a satisficer?
1: Well, why don't you maybe you should start by defining those words? I'm thinking a normal person probably has no idea what you're talking about. Hasn't
0: been indoctrinated the way you have. Exactly. Um, So, yes, these are real words, um, and it has to do with how you make decisions. Maximizers want to make the maximum best decision, they want to make the optimal decision. If they're choosing a tent or an apartment or a pasta sauce, they want to make the best possible choice. Satisficers, and that's a word that's a combination of satisfy and suffice, are people who they have a certain criteria, and that criteria could be very high, but once it's met, then they move on. They don't have to feel like they have the best pasta sauce at the best price. They just have to feel like they have what they wanted. And what's interesting is that maximizers are a lot less happy with their decisions. They have more regrets. They don't feel as Mm. good about their choices. They're anxious about it. So what do you think you are? Are you more of a maximizer or a satisficer?
1: I I, uh, call myself a recovering maximizer. Oh, yeah. Uh, And a lot
0: of people are a mix of both. Yeah. So you're recovering Maximizer,
1: yeah. Because I think I used to think I should be a maximizer. Partly because you know our mother, who I call the Martha Stewart of Kansas City, <laughs> yes. is the ultimate maximizer. She'll spend months looking at fabric, paint choices,
0: coffee tables, uh, cr-
1: Christmas ornaments, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And she loves and I've, it. And and she's and she's got wonderful taste. Um, I, for instance, years ago I moved into an apartment and I use I was used a Cardboard box turned over <laughs> as my coffee table. Which is totally typical, just, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> which I just couldn't like handle picking a coffee table. There were so many out there. And of course, everyone would make fun of me for this. So I finally said to my writing partner, Sarah... I just wish someone would buy me a coffee table. I wouldn't care what it was. Right. It's just if I ha- once I have it, I know that I won't ever think about it again. But I can't commit. Right. If
0: it, if you just had a coffee table that worked as a coffee table, that would be enough. Your criteria would be met. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, it was just the existential dilemma of choosing it. <laughs> So Sarah, being the good writing partner that she is for my birthday, went to a thrift store and bought me an extremely ugly coffee table, which I used for, I think, around five years, probably until I got married. Um, I will say in my defense that people would come to my apartment and sort of feel nostalgic for the cardboard box. Uh, I think it made them feel good about themselves. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, to this point, I mean, I've had blank walls my whole life. Nothing on the walls, again, unless mom visited and put something on the wall this is frustrating for my husband. And I am trying and have, I think, in recent years, become more of a satisficer where I realize it doesn't have to be the perfect art. We just need something on the wall. Right,
0: there's this great line from Voltaire where he says, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And it's like, don't let the desire for the perfect coffee table or the perfect painting mean that you get nothing. Because if you just satisfy." Um, you have the satisfaction of, of, of moving on. Research suggests that satisficers are happier. They're, they're more contented with their decisions. They don't use so much time and energy. Uh, they don't burn it up coming to those decisions and they have less regret about the decisions they've made. And so really it seems like for happiness, satisficing is, uh, is a better choice.
1: Well, I have to disagree on one point, which is that our mom, for example, who I said is the ultimate maximizer, I think she really enjoys the process of making those decisions. She enjoys those hours she spends. Yeah. So I think if you are a person who loves the journey of choices, it's good to be a maximizer. But for most of us who are just interested in the destination, it's better to be a satisficer. Right. I think that's
0: a very good point. For you and me, it's hard to imagine enjoying the journey, but clearly others do. All right. In our next segment, we're going to talk about stumbling blocks. That's our name for the small, seemingly innocuous things that get in our way when we're trying to make our lives happier, healthier, and more productive. Today's stumbling block is a loophole. Now, a loophole is when you're trying to keep some kind of good habit, but you've come up with a justification why, just this once, you're off the hook, that for some reason, something doesn't count. And this loophole I call the one coin loophole. And it gets its name from a classical teaching story, which is called the argument of the growing heap. And this this teaching story goes like this. Are you rich if you have 10 coins? You'd say no. Mm -hmm. If 10 coins aren't enough, what if you add one coin? What if you add another coin? Finally, you have to say that you can't be rich unless one coin can make you rich. Now, this has huge implication for habits because just as in the story, one coin by one coin, a person becomes rich. It's only by the addition of the one coin that eventually you get to the growing heap. Mm -hmm. With a habit, it's only by one trip to the gym and one trip to the gym and one trip to the gym that you form the habit of going to the gym and that you get all the benefits, all the riches that are going to come from going to the gym, So, the one coin loophole is when you say, well, what's one coin? One coin doesn't make a difference. Right. So, Elizabeth, have you ever caught yourself invoking this loophole? Which is very true. I mean, that's what's dangerous about it. It's very true. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I invoke it all over the place. <laughs> uh, you know. It, it is a great loophole. It works every yeah, day. I, I, it works every time. I, absolutely. Every <laughs> single day. Um, you know, the one that's really, I'm really having trouble with it at the time, at right now is uh, you know I'm trying. I I won't say I'm trying. I'm writing a novel uh, on the yeah, side, right? Yeah, and, and all your free that time. is yeah, and that is something where you know it's so easy to say. Well, if I don't write a paragraph right now, what does it matter? I have to write 300 more pages of this thing. I'm on page four. Right, right, or you know? or,
0: or it's going to take a year. What is what does it matter if I skip what one is morning? one day? Yeah,
1: in a year exactly. Yeah. Uh, Whereas, you know, but I know that if I keep writing those paragraphs or if I write get up and write two pages at 6 a.m. It's going to add up and I'm going to get to page 300. Um, and now I will tell you that knowing that we were going to be discussing the one <laughs> coin loophole actually got me to work on my novel. This oh, week. there you go. So because I didn't want you to bust me on it. So uh, <laughs> this week, I am I, a happiness can, bully. You are. Yes, the ultimate happiness bully. Uh, so it it worked, um, but it's hard. It's it's easy to fall into that. But but it's just it's like you ha- you realize like the only way
0: that you're actually doing something is by doing it in any particular situation, and I think this is this is a problem because people will often shift. You know, they they will decide well. Today, like, yes, it's true that I want to spend all this time with my family and it's a really high priority for me, but not today. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what's today? What difference does today make? But it's only by doing it today and today and today and today that you build up. That's how you become rich. That's how you get something accomplished.
1: It's also, I'll add, how you build stamina. You know, and I, because I think a lot of the reason people don't do things, at least for me, is fear. You know, I'm afraid my book is going to be terrible. That's why I don't want to write it. Right. If I actually just do it, it, it it builds the muscle and then you keep doing it. And so, like, that's definitely true for the gym. It's such a good point, too, because it's like, if you if you do something only rarely
0: and it's like a big production every time you do, you want it to be good. You want it like, wow, I have today's writing has to go well. Today at the gym, I have right. to really push myself. Like, everything has to be really quality. But if you do it all the time, it's like any particular one, you're like, eh, well, today was sort of lame, but I'll, I'll keep doing it tomorrow. So it takes the pressure off of it. But it's funny, like, sometimes people will use this like as a, as a weapon. I, a friend of mine um, lost like 70 pounds. Yeah. And, um, and so she said somebody in her office like used the one coin loophole to undermine her. She would say, oh, you've been so good. What's one cupcake? Okay.
1: Right. It's like, well, one cupcake, cupcake by cupcake, I gained 70 pounds. Right.
0: And cupcake by cupcake, I lost it. And so it's so true that it's easy to invoke, but it can quickly spiral out of control. Another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question for me and Elizabeth at 774-277-9336 or, easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. On upcoming shows, we'll be answering some of your questions. But since this is
1: episode one, we don't have any calls yet. So instead, we're answering a question posted to us from Gretchen's Facebook page. The question is... Does checking Facebook make people feel happier and connected or more lonely and sad? Uh, okay, good question. Good question. The, I mean, funny thing for me is I'm not even on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, why not? So but I, why, that I don't wh- know if I deserve to answer this. But why have you made that choice? You know, at the beginning, it was because there were just certain people in my past who I did not want to reach me or, find. you know, know where I was. Uh, Nothing dangerous, just people (laughs) I didn't care to speak to. Um,
0: I can vouch for that. There's no secret
1: uh, crimes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, over time... I it it just seems so overwhelming like I see now why Facebook is valuable because for instance my husband is on it and he'll tell me something that a good friend of mine is doing such as moving to Italy that I have no idea about and you know he'll know what her kids look like and I don't know because I haven't seen them for you know a year. So I'm realizing that it's making me feel like I'm out of the loop and that I am not connected to people. So I would like to join, but I feel overwhelmed by jumping in now. It seems so late in the game. Right. Well, I think, I mean, and that's why it makes people happier is I think, you know, ancient
0: philosophers and contemporary scientists agree that if you had to say, what is the secret to happiness? Probably the best answer is relationships. So anything mm-hmm. that helps people stay in touch to maintain relationships is something that's probably going to make you happier. But the thing about Facebook is that like many things in life, it's an amplifier of human nature. It mm. makes good things better and bad things worse. And so if you're the kind of person who really gets upset if you compare yourself to others, or if you have relationships in the past, like, you know, a tendency to do, be kind of a slight stalker, wow. um, you know, there's things about it that can can amplify the negative as well as the positive. And, and it's interesting, there's a lot of research right now. Scientists are really interested in what is its effect on us? How is it making us happy or not? But I but I think just for most people in everyday life, I think your experience, the one that like, wow, it really makes it a lot easier to stay in touch with people. Like everybody's so busy it's hard to like pick up the phone or make plans. Yeah. And anything that makes it easier is good. I think
1: you just need to remember, I know I will should I embark upon the Facebook, you know, journey. Is that people present, I think a lot of people, their fantasy selves. Yes. And yes, so yes, that's next true. to all of these fantasy selves, you you can feel uh, like your life is not measuring up. Right. So yes. I have I will definitely have to guard myself against that because I could spend a lot of time beating myself up over, you know, the fact that I don't have a garden, you know, growing, you right, know, right, growing right. my own vegetables and all right. of
0: that. Right, right. Your kids aren't trilingual and all that. business. Now, that's a very good point. It's like you have to use it. It's like everything. It's a it's a good servant and a bad master.
1: Well, if you'd like Gretchen and me to answer your question on a future show, here's the number to call. 774-277-9336. That's 77-HAPPY-336.
0: To wrap up the show, Elizabeth and I are going to get even more personal. First, one of us is going to give ourselves a happiness demerit from a mistake we made this week that affected our happiness.
1: Then, so we don't leave you on a down note, one of us will award a gold star to something or someone we think deserves to be recognized.
0: You know, you'd think that it, just like the average person would not have to make a big effort not to email uh, while talking on the phone to the love of her life. Uh, and yet this is something that I really have to make a special effort, like do not email while I'm talking on the phone to Jamie. And, the you know, the other day I was just... Uh, yeah. you know, it was all, the, I'm sure he knew, you know when there's that pause mm-hmm. before somebody answers because you know <laughs> that they're, like, trying to, like, slightly rewinding it in their brain. And, I'm uh, you know, and then he started answering his email. I could hear him clattering away. <laughs> so there we were, both totally ignoring each other, clattering away on our keyboards. And it wasn't, like, a companionable, nice, like, let's sit here together and answer our emails together. It was just like. You were both sneaking yeah we are yeah This is so rude I was like okay but well, okay so okay. we'll do better next time and I have to we'll, ask
1: we'll... you though I can't help myself are you email are you emailing uh, people when I'm talking to you on the phone no with you never, never. and never, I never, would never. never do it to you either ever <laughs> never, never when I ask I you vow. to repeat what you just said it's it's because I really want to think <laughs> it over not because I wasn't listening
0: yeah right it's instantaneous always um, but okay so now on a happier note let's 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 go to the gold star to give
1: um, my 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 gold star this week goes to my treadmill desk. Ah, I love a treadmill desk. Uh, Yes. I I don't know if everyone knows what a treadmill desk is. It's what it sounds like. It's a (laughs) desk on which you put your computer and your phone and your, your pens. And it's uh, underneath is a treadmill. <laughs> uh, and you walk while you write or talk on yes. the phone or, or, in my case, break story for television shows. Right. So, uh, and I have to give you credit, Gretchen, yes. because this was your gift to me a few years ago. Uh, my genius know, idea. Recently, yeah. a few years ago, whenever, for my 40th birthday. And I'd been off of it for a few weeks because I just hadn't been in the office. And so right. I got back on it this week, and I had two 5.5-mile days Oh. A Oh, my gosh.
0: So just like in the middle of your work day, you're walking five miles
1: without. Yes, without trying. And I have to tell you, especially because as you know, I'm a type one diabetic. So keeping in motion really helps me keep my blood sugar under control. And even aside from that, it it just makes me happier. And, you know, I even got uh, my writing partner even got one because she didn't want to sit around, you know, (laughs) she said like a slug while I was, you know, walking away during a meeting. So I recommend the treadmill desk to anyone um, who has the space for it.
0: But and then and this is the thing where like you live in LA, so you have space. I live in New York. I can't. I tried so hard to figure out a way to get a treadmill desk, but if I put it in my office, I would not be able to open the door. So it's uh, and I'm so sad. I really envy you. Your treadmill. It desk. is.
1: It's a. It's a great sadness in your life, but <laughs> you, you can enjoy mine. I enjoy vicariously. vicariously. And that's it for the first episode of
0: Happier. Remember, try this at home, the one minute rule, and let us know if it's helpful.
1: Our producer is Henry Malofsky. Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at gretchenrubin.com. And if you like
0: the show, Please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.